Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Before we jump into our episode, I wanted to tell you about an upcoming project by Spirit Blade Productions. After 10 years, the Spirit Blade trilogy is coming to its chilling conclusion. I cannot communicate how excited I am about this project. Both Spirit Blade and Spirit Blade Dark Ritual have moved me and motivated me over the years. Dark Ritual, in particular, has challenged and even encouraged me in my Christian walk. Beyond that, though, they are highly produced, full-cast audio dramas. The producer, Peter Franson, puts an extraordinary amount of work into these projects. They're not as good as what we receive from mainstream production companies. They're better. Much, much better. So, in anticipation of the upcoming release on Monday, July 18th, I wanted to share with you the trailer to the third and final installment of the Spirit Blade series, Spirit Blade, A World of Shadows. The future, a world where the quest for truth has ended, and where those who believe in it are running out of time. The Shada will bring hell to Earth for thousands of years, and billions will be doomed forever. Once that attack ship gets here, we're glitched. Today marks the deadline for all Seekers to be presented for what is presumed to be a mass execution. Millions more all over the world are actually volunteering to help them capture or kill Seekers. We want to show them love, but we're hated more than ever. Sometimes with good reason. Aren't you tired of Seekers being the only ones that Tolerance can't tolerate? It's people like you they can't tolerate. I want them to seek the truth, but you make Seekers look like monsters. Yes, you hate homos, burning hell sinners. Are those Seekers? They've got bombs. Everybody get down! And the harder we try, the worse it all gets. Shock division, kill them all! <laughs> I can't understand why the only is allowing this to happen. The only has a plan. He's in control. If he's in control, how is it not all his fault? Why are we not blaming him? Can it really be worth what we'll have to sacrifice? Brothers, stand your ground and die for Christaya! last, the trilogy is complete. Spirit Blade Productions presents Spirit Blade, A World of Shadows. I'm sorry, Asa. I'm sorry I couldn't win this for you. For more information, visit spiritblade.com. Head over to spiritblade.com for details. Also, click on the Thunderclap link in the show notes to help get the word out about this amazing full-length, full-cast audio drama. I am also excited to have a story by Jonathan Garner on this episode. Jonathan Garner is a columnist for TRC Magazine. His writings have also appeared in Havoc, 
The Bible Advocate, and many other publications. While not reading or writing, he enjoys listening to innovative music and exploring the many wonders of nature. His latest published story, Don't Move, is now out in Splickety Magazine. It involves tents and campers and snakes. Listeners to the Untold Podcast will particularly enjoy the short stories Freelance Drachy Hunter and Heart of Stone, both published in Havoc. You can catch up on all of Jonathan Garner's works and discover what he means by innovative music over at jonathangarner.blogspot.com. So now, without further ado, the Untold Podcast is proud to present Earl King by Jonathan Garner. Milo Peterson couldn't remember how many of his eight years he'd spent playing in the woods behind his house. He seemed to have always gone on adventures among the tall trees and in the meadow. Today, he was a knight, pursuing a goblin who'd stolen a valuable map from the king's library. As Milo rushed between the two trees, waving a stick like a sword, he burst out of the woods and into the meadow. A boy appeared in front of him. Milo jumped back. The boy had mischievous green eyes and curly brown hair filled with leaves. His clothes looked like those of a young peasant from medieval times. The boy smiled. Hi, what is your name? Milo took another step back. The boy giggled. Are you scared of me? I just moved here. Oh, Milo held out his hand. I'm Milo Peterson. The boy shook his hand enthusiastically. Nice to meet you. My name is Earl King. I've never known anyone named Earl. Well, I've never known anyone named Milo, so I guess we're even. Milo smiled slightly. Why are you wearing these clothes? I like to play, just as I see you do. Earl poked Milo's stick sword. When I play, I really get into my role. It's the most fun that way, don't you think? Milo nodded. These woods are perfect for it. That's why I'm out here. The woods are my favorite place to be. Mine too. Earl narrowed his eyes and leaned toward Milo. My favorite part about the woods is that there are no pushy parents. I like to do whatever I want. Don't you? My parents are nice. Oh, really? Yours must be better at hiding their nature than most. Give them time. They'll show you their true colors. Milo gripped the stick tighter. Don't talk about my parents that way. Earl's eyes flashed. Then he smiled. Okay, we can talk about something else if you want to. But remember what I said. You'll find out that I'm right. Not with my parents. Earl shrugged. Let's pick a game to play. I suppose you won't want to play my favorite game pretending that there's no such thing as adults. No, but we can play knights or army or cowboys or... How about barbarians? How do we play that? We'll run around the forest with swords, battling monsters and sorcerers and finding lots of treasure. And we'll pretend we're wearing nothing but our underwear. Okay, that sounds fun. Milo raised his stick. And I've already got a sword. Now I just need to find one. 
Earl tried several branches until he found one that he liked. There we go. Are you ready to begin? Sure, let's go. They played until it was getting dark. Milo lowered his sword. I need to go home now. Earl groaned. Oh, but we're having so much fun. But my parents said, See? Pushy adults. They just want me to be safe and not get hurt in the dark woods. I play in the dark woods all the time, and I've never got hurt. Milo shrugged. I'll get in trouble if I don't obey. Will you be here tomorrow? Of course. I come here whenever I want. Don't your parents get mad? Earl giggled. I don't let adults tell me what to do. That must be nice, Milo muttered, and felt guilty for saying it. It is, Earl grinned. See you tomorrow. Milo headed through the woods toward his house, tossing his stick sword aside. When he got home, he went to his room and finished his homework for the day. Soon, Mom called him to supper, and she hugged him. We're having your favorite tonight, cheeseburger pizza. Oh, good, Milo said. Dad played video games with him for a little while after supper, and Milo went to bed feeling quite happy. Even if what Earl had said was true about most adults, it wasn't true about his parents. After school the next day, Milo went to play in the woods with Earl. They pretended to be barbarians again. They played together every day for over a week. One day, while Milo was doing his homework, Dad came into his room. I've been thinking, his dad said. It is not wise of you to go play before finishing your homework. Milo looked up, his eyes wide. But Dad, you said... I know. I once said that since you always get good grades, you can decide how you want to do your homework. But I think that since you're getting older, you need to learn more discipline. Uh, but... Nothing Milo said made Dad change his mind. Mom made broccoli casserole for supper, and Milo could barely gag it down. When he went to bed that night, he cried for a little while, wondering what was wrong with his parents. Then he remembered what Earl had said. Was Earl right? Were his parents just pretending to be nice sometimes? Dad left on a business trip the next day, so Milo decided he wouldn't finish his homework before playing. He could worry about that when his dad returned home. He found Earl waiting for him in the meadow. Milo told Earl how his parents were acting. Earl sighed sympathetically. See? I told you so. Mm, I don't know. Milo looked at the ground. They're so nice to me most of the time, but other times... Other times they... They push you around. Yeah. Milo lifted his gaze. I wish there was some way to make them be nice all the time. Earl tapped his cheek thoughtfully. There is a way, actually. It's a tiny bit dangerous, though. Dangerous? Ooh. Milo gulped. What is it? Can you keep a secret? Milo nodded, his eyes wide. Earl stepped closer to him and whispered, I have a magical jewel that can give you the power to make your parents do whatever you want. Where did you get it from? 
Earl stepped back, looking around. I can't tell you that, but it works, I swear. Here, take it. He pressed something cold into Milo's hand. Milo opened his hand and saw an emerald lying on his palm. He held it up in the light, watching it sparkle. Don't do that, Earl said. You mustn't let anyone see it. And you must promise to always do what you want, and not what your parents want, as long as you have it. Will you promise that? Milo shoved the emerald into his pocket. Okay, I promise. I only want good things, so it can't hurt my parents if I make them do good things. Can it? Earl smiled. Of course not. Milo smiled back. Then his grin faded. I hope it works. Earl patted his shoulder. It will. You'll see. Now let's play barbarians. As Milo returned to his backyard near sunset, he saw Dad's car in the driveway, and he started to feel sick. The car was supposed to be at the airport. He shuffled into the house. His parents were waiting for him in the living room, sitting side by side on the couch. Did you do all your homework before playing? His dad asked. Your mom wasn't sure. No, Milo said quietly. I thought that I was on a trip. Well, it got canceled, and it's good that it did too. That way, I caught you in the act. Milo nervously slid his hand into his pockets, and his fingers touched the emerald that Earl had given him. He curled his fingers around the jewel, holding it tightly. I'm going to do homework my way, he muttered. His dad raised his voice. What did you say? Milo was almost too afraid to believe in the emerald's power but he didn't want to keep being pushed around by his parents. He would give the jewel one more try. He looked his dad in the eyes. I'm going to do homework my way. Dad blinked. Well, uh, I suppose if you feel that strongly about it, then you can. Milo giggled. His parents stared at him. He looked at Mom. We are going to have hamburger pizza for supper every night from now on, aren't we? Of course not, she said. Then she looked confused. Well, I guess we can do that, Milo giggled some more. You are the best parents in the whole world. You just needed a little help from me. His parents looked at each other, then smiled weakly at him. After finishing his homework, Milo settled down for a delicious meal of hamburger pizza. The magic jewel was working great. He told Earl all about it the next day. Earl gave him two thumbs up. Yes, just keep helping your parents like that and things will go great. Milo grinned. I think I want to play like there are no adults. How do you play it? Earl took a deep breath. Are you sure you're ready? I'm ready. Okay then. To start, we'll pretend to eat nothing but dessert for an entire meal. How does that sound? That sounds fun. Let's go. After his pretend meal of all the desserts he could imagine, Milo went home and ate hamburger pizza. Don't eat so messily, Mom told him. Milo reached into his pocket and wrapped his fingers around the emerald. I'll eat as messily as I want to. His mom nodded. Okay, that's fine. 
Another day, Milo and Earl pretended that they stayed up all night and skipped school to watch 20 movies in a row. This is fun, Milo said. Earl laughed. This is how life is meant to be, my friend. When Milo got home, he noticed that his parents looked sad. What's wrong? he asked. Oh, nothing, Mom said. As he lay in bed that night, Milo kept remembering the look on his parents' faces, and for some reason it made him feel sad too. He hoped they weren't thinking about a divorce. The next day, worrying about his parents distracted Milo as he went to play with Earl. He tripped over a log and skinned his knee. He limped toward Earl. The boy pointed at him and laughed. It's not funny, Milo said. It hurts. Earl stopped laughing. Looking at the ground, he reached out and ran his finger through the blood on Milo's leg. Milo grimaced. What are you doing? Earl drew a smiley face on his palm with the blood, then held his hand up for Milo to see. Are you going to clean that off? Milo asked. Earl shrugged. Who needs to be clean when there are no adults around? He licked the blood off his hand. Is that better? That's disgusting, Earl giggled. <laughs> Let's play vampires. Milo smiled weakly. Okay. The real blood soon faded from his mind as they played stories filled with fake blood, but the look on his parents' faces kept haunting him. As several weeks passed, Milo's parents kept looking sadder. Sometimes they acted confused, as if they weren't sure where they were. He needed to find something to take his mind off the problem. It didn't take him long to come up with ideas. He made Dad buy him lots of video games. He made Mom bake him dozens of cookies. He commanded Dad to take out the trash. He commanded Mom to clean his room. He felt like a king, ordering his servants around. The thought never failed to amuse him, but for some reason, his happiness always faded quickly until he found something else to make his parents do for him. He told Earl about it. That's strange, Earl said. That's not supposed to happen. But I bet I know what it is. They haven't gotten used to your training them to be good parents yet. They will, eventually. Just keep making them do what you want, and soon all three of you will be happy. So, Milo did as Earl said. One night at supper, Milo accidentally spilled soda off the table and onto the floor. He was feeling especially glum, but the spill gave him a hilarious idea. Lick it up like a dog, Mom, Milo said, pointing to the puddle. His mom got down on her hands and knees on the floor. She looked up at him, sadly. Do it, Milo commanded his fingers wrapped around the emerald in his pocket. Instead of obeying, Mom started crying. Milo felt a flash of anger, but then he found himself crying too. He took his hand off the emerald and went to his mom. He helped her stand up, and she hugged him. Dad stared blankly at them, as if they were strangers. 
While Milo lay in bed that night, he prayed about what to do. All the trouble had started with the emerald. He took it out of his pocket. This stupid thing doesn't work right, he muttered. I hate it. I was happier before I started using it. He tossed the emerald across his room. When it hit the wall, it cracked into several pieces. The shards fell to the floor and started hissing as if they were on fire. A burst of light and a cloud of smoke arose from them. Milo stared at the glowing smoke. A man stepped out of it. A man with green eyes, curly brown hair full of leaves, and medieval clothing. Milo wondered if the strange man was Earl's dad, since he looked so much like the boy. You betrayed me, Milo, the man said. Milo slid backward on his bed. Who are you? The man smiled nastily. That's a long story, but one I will tell you before I claim you. Claim me? The stranger held a finger to his lips. More years ago than I can remember, I was a happy little boy like you. I was happy even though my parents were cruel. Then my parents died. Stupid parents. That was their final act of cruelty. The man shook his head. Everyone else had parents except me. But I knew all their parents were as cruel as mine. Since I had no one to watch over me, I sought out any power of good or evil that I could find to protect me. I discovered, in one strange forest, spirits of darkness. Goosebumps raced across Milo's skin. They gave me dark powers that made me immortal. The stranger's nasty smile returned. I became the Earl King, creature of legend. The storytellers of old said that I kill children. And sometimes I do. But not because I want to. I choose special children, like you, to set free from their parents. But if they, like you, betray me, then instead of the souls that would have been mine, I take their flesh. The Earl King watched Milo like a dog watching a steak. Your flesh is now mine. You chose your parents over me. You chose death over life. And now I have come to bring the death that you so foolishly brought upon yourself. Milo tried to scream, but he couldn't make a sound. The Earl King laughed and licked his hand. I liked the taste of your blood. I suspect the rest of you will taste just as good. Milo's bedroom door opened and his dad walked in. Milo, did you just throw something against the wall? Dad asked. He froze when he saw the Earl King standing in Milo's room. The Earl King spun around to face Dad, drawing a dagger as he did. Well, the Earl King said softly, I don't usually eat adults even though I hate them. But I think in this case, I'll make an exception. Dad looked warily at the knife. As the Earl King stepped toward him, Dad grabbed the doorknob and swung the door against the Earl King's wrist, knocking the dagger out of his hand. The Earl King bent to grab the knife. Dad slammed the door into the creature's head, and the Earl King toppled to the floor. 
Grabbing Dad's leg, the Earl King pulled the man to the floor next to him. Milo watched in horror as the Earl King crawled on top of his dad and began choking him. The Earl King's green eyes filled with glee, his teeth showing in a cruel grin. Dad groped about on the floor with his hand, but the dagger was out of reach. Milo jumped out of bed. Snatching up the knife, he put it into Dad's hand, and Dad thrust the blade into the Earl King's chest. The Earl King got to his feet, staring down at the knife handle. He pulled the knife out. Tremors shook him. Cracks appeared all over his body, causing his face to become distorted. With a long, fading scream, the Earl King shattered as if he was made of glass. Green shards scattered all over the floor. Dad got to his feet and looked at the glass all over the carpet, then at Milo. Tentatively, Dad began walking through the glass, his slippers making the shards crack with each step. When Dad reached Milo, he hugged him. Milo clung to his dad. He saw Mom come and look in the doorway. Milo smiled at them. I'm ready for you to be my parents again. His parents stared at him, then at the glass all over the floor, then back at him. And slowly, for the first time in a while, they smiled too. was our story. I hope you liked it. Whew, that story took me off guard, especially as our young protagonist began using his newfound parental powers. I enjoyed much about this story, but I really appreciated how we have the parental figures coming to the rescue. We just don't have many stories like this these days. Usually the kids are the heroes and the parents are knuckle-dragging idiots. Be sure to head over to jonathangarner.blogspot.com to check out more from Jonathan Garner. Before we go, remember that this podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, and tell your friends. Remember, that's how we get the word out, and that's how we can continue to do the work that we do here. So until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, we're going to have hamburger pizza for supper every night from now on. Bye.